my very soul shall shout hallelujah praise God for saving me the spirit of the Lord God is upon me this morning because the Lord has anointed me to preach to you good tidings to the poor and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound we will take our hymn that precedes the word of god The last time I had the privilege of sharing God's word, we discussed the subject of the seventh day. As good and as desirous as the seventh day is, we learned that for it to happen, then it must be preceded by six days, reading from Joshua 6. Immediately after that, the senior pastor started a series centered on counting your blessings and naming them one by one. How many of you remember that? Then Pastor Steve came on Wednesday and preached a sermon titled, Go Again. Today, I will attempt to wrap up all the teachings in one message. God granting me the grace and the time. We'll go as far as we can today. And if there's more, then we'll do that another time. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace to gather under your unction I pray that as I deliver the word as you have laid it on my heart, let it get to your people in the name of Jesus. Let that word become flesh in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it not stand against us, but let it stand for us on in the last day. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen and amen. I had the pastor put it, he said, amen, settle, amen. I said, amen, settle, Amen. Hallelujah. Church, this morning I'm going to ask you to let's take an excursion into the second book of Moses, known commonly as Deuteronomy. I'm going to be reading from chapter 1 and I'm starting from verse 5. But because it's a long read, which I try to avoid most time when I'm preaching, uh, I will ask that we read the initial three verses up to Verses 8, verse 8, I beg your pardon, standing, and then you can sit for the rest of the reading as we go along. Here begins the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 5. On this side, you can read with me, please read with me. On this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, go on, the Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. 
turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains and in the lowland, in the south and on the sea coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Verse 8. I have set land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob to give to them and their descendants after them. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus and please be seated. Hallelujah. I'm going to be going very fast. Like I said, I hope we can, as much ground as we can cover, and then I don't know when I would have the privilege uh, to be able to take it into conclusion. Now, in the scripture we read, the, the instruction of God was clear, telling them that they had dwelt too long on Mount Horeb, and it was time for them to move on, this to the Israelites. Now, let's keep on reading as we skip to verse 19. Verse 19, so we departed from Horeb according to the instruction and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites as the Lord our God had commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea. If you had a Bible, I'd have told you to underline that Kadesh Barnea. Hmm. Give me verse 21. Verse 21 of that same scripture. Look, the Lord, your God, has set the land before you. I don't know which land he's talking about. But there's a land that you want to occupy. He has set it before you. And he said, go up and what? Possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you, do not fear nor be what? Discouraged. Hmm. Again, the Lord clearly communicated what his plans were for the Israelites. De despite the obvious challenges, despite the wilderness that he talked about, they had been promised the land by his word. What can be surer than that? God's word is surer than a banker's check. If he said it, he will do it. It was time for them to start rejoicing and reveling. In the exceeding great power of God's promise to them. But the day, follow me to verse 26. Read with me. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. Take it on. Give me 27. And you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites. Is it in your Bible? Go to 28. Give me 28. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified, even up to heaven. Exaggeration. Moreover, we have seen the son of the Anamite, uh, uh, sons of the Anakim there. 
Verse 29. Give me verse 29. But Moses still said to them, do not be terrified or afraid of them. Go on. Verse 30, 29. Go on. Give me 30. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will do what? Fight for you. According to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. 31. And in the wilderness where you saw how your Lord God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. 32. Give me 32. Yet for all that you for all that you did not believe Lord your God. Give me 33. Who went in the way before you to search out a place for you, to pitch your tent, to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and the cloud by day. So, instead of counting their blessings, perhaps if Pastor Femi Paul had lived in that time, he would have taught them about how to count their blessings. Instead of counting their blessings, they were murmuring. They were complaining. They had forgotten the great things that God did for them when they left Egypt. They had forgotten the ten plagues. They had forgotten how God parted the Red Sea for them. They had forgotten how Pharaoh and his chariots and his men were buried in the Red Sea. They failed to count their blessings. They were counting their complaints and they were counting their murmurings. So what did God do? Let us continue. In verse 34 and 35. Give me verse 34. And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was what? Angry. May the Lord not be angry with us in the name of Jesus. And took an oath saying, 35, surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land of which I swore to give to you, to your fathers. Can you imagine? God took a whole generation. And if you read further, except for two men, he said only two men shall enter. The same thing that you are saying, our children that you, God has designed to perish, they will be the ones that will now occupy the land. Hmm. So, Consequently, what happened in verses, let's skip to verse 45 and 46. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice, nor give air to you. Be careful about complaining. Be careful about murmuring. Be careful about rebelling. Be careful about backbiting. Because this is a consequence. So, what happened conclusively? So, you remained in Kadesh many days. According to the days that you spent there. People of God, I bring you a word that I have titled, Kadesh, Break Your Limitations. Now, I went into, let me first tell you, 
Kadesh was supposed to be a place of transition. It was supposed to be a place you are passing through. It's like you building a house at a bus stop. Are you supposed to be living at a bus stop? You are supposed to be passing through. It's a place of, a tra of transition. Have you found somebody who lives at the airport? Or somebody who lives in a train station? It's meant to be a place of transition. But by reason of murmuring, by reason of rebellion, by reason of complaining, it became a place of habitation. Did you hear that? Where you are supposed to be passing through, you are now living there. There are many of us who are living in Kadesh when we are supposed to be passing through Kadesh. Many of us have made a home in Kadesh it wasn't supposed to be a place where you are supposed to be living. You are just supposed to be passing through it. You are supposed to be passing through a period of loneliness. You are supposed to be passing through a period of being broke. You are supposed to be passing through a period of barrenness. You are supposed to be passing through a period of unhappiness. You are supposed to be passing through a period of stagnation. You are not supposed to be living there. Do I have your attention this morning? Kadesh means holy. It is the same word as an Arabic name of Jerusalem. But when you read the Bible, it talks about Kadesh Barnea. You remember we read about Kadesh Barnea. You know what Barnea means? It means the desert of wandering. So many of us are in Kadesh Barnea. Why? Because we are wandering. Man of God prayed on Monday. He said, if you are not gathering, you are scattering. So when you are wandering... You're unable to gather. Have you seen somebody who is mentally challenged? Who is walking around the streets, unkempt? Is that person gathering? May that not be our portion in the name of Jesus. The Bible, let me, I got a commentary about Kadesh. It says, the Bible mentions Kadesh and Kadesh Barnea in a number of episodes, making it as a, an important site in narrative concerning Israel's origin. Kadesh was the chief site of encampment for the Israelites during their wandering in the Zin Desert, as well as the place from which Israel sent spies to Canaan. The first attempt to capture Canaan was made from Kadesh. And guess what? Moses struck a rock at Kadesh. Rather than speaking to it, which made him not to enter into the promised land. Hmm. 
Miriam and Aaron both died and were buried in a name in a place called Kadesh. Aaron, right hand man of Moses, perished in Kadesh. That was not the promise of God because God said, I am taking you to a land. Aaron ought to have died in Canaan. Miriam died in Kadesh. Moses sent envoys to Kadesh. All kinds of things happened in Kadesh. So it says, as it was, it shall be now and forevermore. Child of God, what are you doing in Kadesh? What are you doing in Kadesh? When God has promised you that there's a land that you can possess, what are you doing in Kadesh? <clears throat> Grace Assembly, like the Israelites, God did not plan for you to stay the number of days that you are spending in Kadesh. You are only supposed to be passing through. Business is slow. You may be in Kadesh. Health is poor. You may be a sign of Kadesh. Marriage torturing. Perhaps you are in Kadesh. Married for so long but no fruit. Maybe you are in Kadesh. But this morning, by the grace that is upon this ministry that makes us boast in the name of the Lord, you and I are getting out of Kadesh in the name of Jesus. I said we are getting out of Kadesh in the name of Jesus. Please preach to two or three people. Say, get out of Kadesh. Look at the person. I bought the person. Get out of Kadesh. The kingdom of God suffered violence. And only the violent can take it by force. Get out of Kadesh. No. Grace Assembly. We are not settling in Kadesh. This is not our last point. This is not our last point. Even this building we are in is a passing face. It is a passing face. We are going to get our own in the name of Jesus. When you stay too long in a place, it can be that you are in Kadesh. You've got to be violent in your spirit to get out of that place. That's not where God assigned for you to be. And the problem with many of us, we get too complacent. We are happy. We have learned to manage in Kadesh. With all the challenges. After all, it's not bad. It should be the other people living in Kadesh. That's not your plan. That's not God's plan for you. I read it for you. I read it to you. I beg your pardon. Hmm. So, in Deuteronomy 146, it says, so you remained in Kadesh many days. He remained there many days according to the days that you spent there. It gives me the impression that you voluntarily took the decision to remain in Kadesh. By reason of something that you did or did not do. Longer than necessary. Absolutely longer than necessary. Now don't get me wrong. For everyone to get to their Canaan, they must pass through Kadesh. There's no way to Canaan without passing through 
Kadesh. The problem is your tabernacling in Kadesh. Instead of moving on to Canaan. You know, for you to get to the promised land, you must go by the way of the terrible mountains. You must face the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and of course my people, the Jebusites. You must face them too. <laughs> now, sister from Ijebuti. Yes, now we're in the Bible. I'm not sure people from our way, they are not in the Bible. We are in the Bible. <laughs> Did you see Dore in the Bible? I've read that Bible. Any Dore there? Uh, but Ijebu is there. Hallelujah. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. <laughs> so <it's>, uh, <laughs> But at least there's no ekit in the Bible. Auntie B, I didn't see ekit in there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you must pass through. You must pass through Kadesh to get to Canaan. You must face your enemies. You must eyeball them. No, that, that is how God designed life. That is why he said in Psalm 23 verses 4 and 5, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I never understood what... My God, don't you understand that my enemies want to poison me? If there's anywhere you are going to prepare a table, it should be in the presence of my friends and my family. But God, in your wisdom, you chose to, present, to prepare it in the presence of my enemies. You know why? Because it is only after you have eyeballed your enemies, you have eaten in the presence of your enemies, I will anoint your head with oil and your cup runs over. So if you want your cup to run over, if you want your head to be anointed with oil, you better be ready to eat in the presence of your enemies. Hallelujah. Ah, Father, I thank you, Lord. Ah, you know, like I said, you must walk through the, guess what? I am not worried if I am in Kadesh. I'm not worried if I'm in Kadesh. Only if God is there with me. Do you know when I'm worried? When God has left me in Kadesh. When I am in Kadesh. Because God wants me to be in Kadesh. As a transition period. He's there with me. But sometimes we don't know. That the glory has departed. And we are remaining in Kadesh. My biggest fear is being in Kadesh. And God has departed from me. And I'm there alone. When I'm in Kadesh with God, it is bearable. 
But when I'm in Kadesh without God, it is hopeless. Guess what? Some of our fathers were born in Kadesh and they died in Kadesh. I was born in Kadesh and I may just die there. And now my son has been born in Kadesh and I did not do right by God. It is possible that he too will die there. God forbid it for any one of us. God forbid it. You know, as I was preparing this word, something came to me, something you shared with me. Imagine, you told me about your grandfather and you said, you know, not educated, did a domestic work. Then, he thought to himself, I need to get out of this Kadesh. So he sent his son, your father, to St. Gregory's College. Now your Dad went to St. Gregory's, but didn't get the tertiary. He now said to himself, I will not remain in this Kadesh. My son will not be in this Kadesh. So he sent you to University of London to get three degrees in United Kingdom that he never got. And then you then said to yourself, we are getting out of this Kadesh. So you took your son you broke your bank and you sent him to a first-class college in the United States of America such that he came out with a first class and then proceeded to Oxford University and came out with another first class. Now, is that not progress out of Kadesh? This journey was started by your grandfather. You said to me that your father, when he was even still driving a beetle, would send you to England for holiday because he said he knew that travel is education. And when his colleagues were using their money to buy Mercedes-Benz and do other things, he was still driving a beetle, but he was proud that his children were getting the right kind of education. Sorry? Yeah, because his children were getting out of Kadesh. It was so important to him that his children should get out of Kadesh. He realized the part of Kadesh he had stayed for so long and he said, no, 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 no. My children must get out of this Kadesh. If you are in Kadesh, what plan do you have for your children to get out of Kadesh? But guess what? Even you can get out of Kadesh. Because the man got out of Kadesh. That's why he had the mentality to take, to guide his children out of Kadesh. If you want to clap, clap. So, ponder with me a bit. How come the Israelites ended up turning a place of tradition, transition, I beg your pardon, into a place of habitation? I'm going to give a few reasons, and then we'll end. One, the Israelites did not believe the word of God, nor that of his prophets. When you refuse to walk according to the word of God, 
Guess what? You may even be rich financially, but you are still in Kadesh. Have you seen, I, I, I preach about the fact that you can enter the seventh day and you go back to the sixth day. Have you seen a man that is very wealthy and his children end up being very poor? Yes, I jump and pass. But that's the fact of life. Man of God. Man of God. Because God provided an opportunity for you to get out of Kadesh. But because of your because of your disbelief, not only did you end up back in Kadesh, your generation will remain in Kadesh. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus. In verses 26 to 27, give me verses 26, it said, Nevertheless, you will not go up, but rebelled against the command of God. And you complained in your tents and said, Do you know why God talked about tents? Because when you complain in the inner recess of your room, you think the pastor cannot hear you, but God hears you. That's why he said, the, so even be careful about complaining. Because if you do not complain to Pastor Yomi, you do not complain to Pastor T, Pastor Collins, Pastor Femi, God can hear you in the recess of your room. I don't even know what they are doing in that church. Every time announcement, tight. Every time announcement, outreach ministry. Every time that Pastor Steve will come and tell us we should wake up at 6.30. Don't mind them. Be careful. Be careful. You know, when I looked at it, it said, tent. They didn't complain in the church. You know, some of you complain in the car park. We hear. We know. We know. We know. When I see some of you gathered around the car park, I know the people who are speaking righteousness, and I know the people who are complaining and gossiping. Okay? Don't we? When you look at them, you will see them now. <laughs> Even your reaction gives you away. <laughs> when you see pastor coming, say, <laughs> pastor, it cannot show. <laughs> because if you are telling the truth, when you see pastor, you should receive him with joy. When you see the pastor coming and you scatter, you are gossiping. gossiping. God, when you see the pastor coming and the word that he, he said into your life work for you, you are running towards him. Say, man of God, ah, that prayer you released yesterday, if I tell you what happened, oh, one day I was in coming out of your office and I'm going to embarrass you, Sister Sheung. She just walked up to me and she gave me an envelope money said pastor Yomi, god bless you you are not gossiping you know i've still not been able to spend that money it's in my drawer because it means so much to me and i'm praying for you that you will reap the reward of that gift that you gave i'm not saying that some of you i'm not looking in any direction some of you see me you didn't give me anything 
Sister Tina, how are you? <laughs> I'm just greeting you. I'm just greeting you. <laughs> They refused to count their blessings one by one, full of complaints. The thing that God has done for them, the list of what God has done for them is far shorter than what they think God has not done for them. Thank you. Clap for me. Yeah, God for you. It's far... No, to them, the, the reason why they are complaining is that God, you've only done three things for me. And the things I want from you are 17. Not realizing that if you do not have life in the first place, everything is of you, sir. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, he what God has done count your blessings name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done I'm going to give you a minute this morning if you have murmured against God you don't have to come back just bow your head in one way or the other say God You've been unfair to me. Just, it's a moment. It's just a moment that, you know, God, you've been unfair to me. Ah, just bow your head and just say, Lord, I am sorry. You wiped out a whole generation because they murmured in their tent. Some of you are keeping malice with God. You are not talking to God because he hasn't done something you expected him to do. Some of us are keeping malice with God because he didn't do it the way we thought he should do it. I just want you this morning, just one minute, just say, Lord, I'm sorry. The man of God has been, you know, drumming this into our head. Count your blessings. It's a, it's a hymn now. We know the hymn. But Lord, help me. This morning, I repent. I repent. I'm counting my blessings. And may God answer your prayers in the name of Jesus. Number two, they did not believe in God. Number two, they did not, and this is where I may dwell if I have time, or I may rush, or we may do it some other time. They did not believe in themselves. They did not believe in their ability to get out of Kadesh, which was why they complained and talked about the sons of the giants and so on and so forth. I remember when, 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 when Joshua sent the 12 spies. By the way, it was from Kadesh that he also sent the 12 spies. And they said that we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. You know, if you are doing something small, you don't need God. If you are doing something small, you don't need God. You can do it by yourself. The reason why you have God is to do something exceedingly great. Extraordinary. So why? Why are you not believing in yourself? 
Proverbs 23, 7 says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Man of God, even when you are in Kadesh, you must think Canaan. Mm -mm, you didn't get that. Let me try here. Even when you are in Kadesh and things seem to be tough, you must think Canaan. Just keep on thinking Canaan. I don't belong here. This is not where I am supposed to be. This, I can see Canaan up there. I can sight Canaan. This is, Minister James, this is where I am going. This is where I am going. You know, in, 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 in Romans 12, 2, it says, and do not be conformed to this world. Mm -mm. Do not be conformed to this Kadesh. Hello? Do not be conformed to this Kadesh. Be, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is for you to be in Canaan. Thank God this um, our, our, uh, our vision is transformation. Thank God this vision. Pastor Steve was talking about, I don't know if the gentleman is in church, somebody they preach to and he says before he used to have problems. Is he in church? Is the man in church that his, his mom used to have problems with him. He's dressing. But now it is the mom that wakes him and says, My son, are you not going to church? Imagine that boy or that young man. He may not be a boy. He has preached the gospel even to his mother. There are too many of us that are in Kadesh that have no business there. First Chronicles 4, 9 to 10 is a scripture we are very familiar with. Even if you were born in Kadesh, even if your father was born in Kadesh, Jabez was born in Kadesh. He says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in Kadesh. Give me verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory by taking me out of this Kadesh. That your hand will be upon me and that you will keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Even though I was born in pain. So, oh I like this. So, God granted him what he requested. Still on yourself, low esteem. 
low value recognition. You know, God has equipped you with something. Some of us just don't know it yet. And when God has equipped you with it, what you must do is that you must hone your skills. You know, when you're in church and you're working, what we're trying to do is to get the best out of you. What we're trying to do is to mold you. When you say, go to Jesus Academy, that's what is happening. When you say, come for workers meeting, that's what you're trying to do. So that you can be the best at anything that you have chosen to be. If you say, this is how my papa born me. This is how my papa, even my mother knows that this is how I am. I cannot change. Ah, you will die in Kadesh. You will die in Kadesh. It's not a curse. It's not a curse. You know what? And Genesis 41, 38, and Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a man who is, who in whom is the spirit of God? In Daniel 6, 3, then this Daniel, then this Yomi, distinguished himself above the governors and satraps. Because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. You know the problem with Nigeria? People who don't have excellent spirits are the ones who are ruling. And that's why we have problems. To get out of Kadesh, you must hone yourself. You must train yourself. You must apply yourself that you begin to have an excellent spirit. Because that's the only way you can get out of Kadesh. You must get out of Kadesh. I, you, anybody in this church, you must get out of Kadesh. In the name of Jesus. How about Second uh, Timothy 1.7. Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Time, time will not permit me to speak a lot about fear. The reason why many people were, are still in Kadesh is because they are afraid. God has spoken to you, yet you are still afraid. What are you afraid for? One of my favorite scriptures is found in 2 Kings 7, 3 to 5. It talks about the, the, the four leprous men who, 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 in spite of fear, they enter the Syrian camp. Somebody here needs to storm the enemy's camp and you will get victory in the name of Jesus. Let me conclude. Any limitation that Kadesh has sent on you, it's time for you to shake it off. God has prepared Canaan for you. What are you still doing in Kadesh? This morning, God is telling you to get out of Kadesh. But beyond what God is saying, you yourself must want to get out of Kadesh so badly because you've made up your mind you are not going to die there. You're not going to die there. I forbid it for any one of us in Grace Assembly. None of us. I requested 
for him. Just the third stanza, Pastor, I think it was during communion that he gave us that hymn. And I'm going to ask us, as a affirmant of our crossing over from Kadesh into Canaan, is the third stanza of the hymn, Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer. Come on, where are we? We are all crossing to Canaan. Beat my anxious fears subside. You can stand, please. Of death and hell's destruction, land me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises, I will ever give to thee, I will ever give to Let's take it again, that's the song. When the verge of Jordan beat my heart, shall fear subside, and hell's destruction land me safe on Songs of praises, songs of praises, I will ever give to thee. I will ever give to thee. Please give me where it says. Um, health destruction. That part that says health. What it means is that even everything that the enemy will plan for you, plus your Kadesh experience, for your stumbles, for your plus your falls, everything, and even what hell has planned to use to destruct you. Give me the next line. What will it do? It will still land you safe on Canaan's <laughs> oh, oh, wait. I almost forgot. Now you will ask me, where does this relate to Pastor Steve's message on Wednesday? The same Kadesh where the Israelites failed was where they now relaunched the attack that took the whole of Canaan. What does that mean? Your place of failure can become your place of victory. <laughs> Pastor Steve told us on Wednesday, all you need to do is what? Go again. Go again. Go again. People of God, it's time to break every limitation that Kadesh has put on you. Every 
every limitation that Kadesh has. You just want to spend some time, just say, God, I want to get out of this Kadesh. I need to get out of it. Every limitation. To This is the last time that I will be in Kadesh. I want to get out. I am mad enough. I am, I am, I am intentional enough. I'm deliberate enough to get out of this Kadesh. And you will get out in the name of Jesus. Just one minute. You just want to pray to God. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for this message. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I'm getting out. I'm even already out, God. I am already out. I'm no longer in Kadesh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the breakthrough. Because as you have sent this word, you will do something about it. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed this morning? People of God, have you been blessed this morning? Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. The way you are clapping shows that you are not counting your blessing at all. Have you been blessed this morning? Kadesh, break those limitations. Every limitation, break.